sit and join the shade. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Drink the drink that I have made. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Tell you why the day is sunny. I Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design, as well as the District of Dinah. I'm your host, Gregory Rich. Tonight's theme, among other things, is sustainability. We are joined by uh, none other than Mary Jo Quay. Mary Jo is a woman of many, many talents, from construction to real estate to art to interesting stories. Mary Jo, how are you? I am fabulous. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Well, let's get through the conversation, then you can tell me whether it was worthwhile or not. <laughs> you can't guarantee anything it's on this show. It's what we want to make it. <laughs> it's 100% <laughs> true. Uh, it's great to have you on the program. Um, okay, let's move into our cocktailogy segment. Yes. I am sorry to say that our in-house coctologist was unable to join us at the last minute, had a personal emergency, so I am sitting in the coctological throne, if you will, and I am going to be making pretty much nothing um, because we had very little time. And sometimes in life, this is a good idea to go in and just make life simple. So I yes. grabbed a bottle of wine that I was excited about. We went with a white wine because spring is upon us and we are about to enjoy some really nice weather. Uh, therefore, it is, uh, it is white wine weather. Johnson, let's hit some mixing music anyway. Fabulous. This afternoon, this evening, we are enjoying a Rioja, specifically Monte Clavijo, which was recommended by my good friend Total Wine in Bloomington, uh, Pascal. If you have any questions about wines, go to Total Wine, ask for Pascal, tell him Gregory Rich sent you. He will not steer you wrong. So this is a Spanish white, which is kind of uh, rare. It is a Blanco, of course. Uh, 2020 is the vintage. So we are going to prepare as follows. We've uncorked the wine. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we twist it off the cap. I don't know why why we, we have white wine with uh, twist caps. Does anyone know? Mary Jo, do you have any, uh, jo, do you have any idea? I am stunned that the Spanish are using caps. I know. They say it's, it's a, a good point. system. Yeah, yeah. But this is a nice wine and... The vast majority of white wines, it seems to me these days, are twist caps. So there it is. We have uncorked the wine, and we're now going to pour it into our wine glass. And there it is. Our cocktail this afternoon is prepared, ladies and gentlemen. May I interject? Please. That your wine reference may be a great help in the future. I just read that California is having a problem with a smoky aftertaste really? in wines. Really? Because of all the forest fires. Not to mention the water shortage. Right. Oh, my. So we may be drinking a lot more Spanish and Chilean wines. That's going to push the price way, way up as well, isn't it? Not really. Spanish uh -huh. and Chilean, um, Argentine, no, they're they're not high end, high end as far as price. Generally French, not. yes, goes without saying. Yes, but the Spanish wines, I actually am growing really, really fond of. We had uh, we had a great event at the District of Dinah, uh, the other well, last uh, two weeks ago, uh, where we had the Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine Spring Home and Garden Kickoff. Mm -hmm. And uh, we chose all Spanish wines, which I was really delighted with. You have to laugh at this. One time in New York, I was invited to a Spanish wine tasting dinner, mm -hmm. figuring there'd be two or three wines. Yeah. 
Yes. Seven courses. Oh, my God. Seven different wines. Oh, my God. I remember nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good tasting. (laughs) But the wines were were excellent, and the the pairings are very specific. You know, the Spanish and the French. They know what they're doing. Yes. They've spent literally, we're we're, we're going to spend like 16 Centuries. hours. Exactly, exactly working on that. This is, uh, but this is, this is fun. So I'm going to give this a quick try and see how well this works. Johnson, swallowing music, if you please. It's delicious. It is, it's, it's got a certain crispness, but um, the right amount of balance, sweetness, there's no oak in it that I'm necessarily mm-hmm. getting. Now, Mary Jo does not drink, so unfortunately, I'm going to be drinking her share. Mm, it's a little fruity. It's got some fruit, unquestionably true. Tart. Mm, that's the Christmas, I suppose, that I'm responding to. A nice perfumey smell. Oh, jeez. Well done. <laughs> Next time I need a cocktailist, Mary Jo. <laughs> You're on my list. As I told you, when I was married, we didn't have hot and cold water. We had red and white wine. <laughs> which is fabulous. <laughs> we had a lot of parties. Which is which is weird because aren't you Swedish or German? You look Nordic. Germanic. Yeah. No, husband was French and Greek. Oh, um, fabulous. Yes, we had um, – well, actually, we had some Irish friends too. Well, you know, one or, yes, but they're, they're not so much wine. Um, I did – we did have an, an editor, one of the magazine editors hosted – they were all horse people, you know, Irish horse people. Mm. <laughs> I assume you're saying they were Irish, not uh, yes. Irish horses. Yeah, <laughs> they had Irish – but they were, you know, they, they raised thoroughbreds. Uh, seven of us, we filled – we dropped down 18 bottles of wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Good for you. That's like a three-day hangover. Right. Uh. And the Germans, you know, they, they do their share. They do, they do. Although they're the Rieslings, I don't like the Rieslings. They're much too sweet. No, but they like real champagne. There, there are no. I, I agree. Rieslings, and you get awful hangovers. Yes, you do. Right. Too much, too high sugar content. Part of why I've I've stopped drinking bourbons and moved to Irish whiskeys. I mean, I didn't stop drinking bourbons, but I, I will mention that my favorite cocktail was called the Airplane. Oh my God, the airplane! That's ringing a bell. What was it? No, in the it's airplane? not. No, it is. Oh wait, maybe I'm thinking of uh, of the uh, aviator. Never mind, or aviation. But okay. what's an airplane? Vodka and champagne. It'll take you anywhere you want to oh. go. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> yes. Next week we'll be featuring the airplane <laughs> the program. <laughs> Vodka and champagne. No hangover. Oh my God. And thus, the beginning of the end. You're witnessing it right <laughs> here, ladies and gentlemen. It all went well until Mary Jo introduced vodka. And, and it champagne. depends what kind of, if you want a flavored vodka or if you just want vodka straight with a tart champagne. All right. We seriously are going to call it. And did you name it the airplane? I did. It was my, I was caught at a party at my own house and couldn't leave. So I invented it. The airplane. <laughs> it's a good name, though. I am, in, I am considering calling it the Mary Jo Quay. <laughs> no, I like the airplane. The MJQ? <laughs> All right. All right. We, we, we're going to do our random question. I like doing our random question. It's something of an icebreaker, as you may <clears throat> recall. So, Mary Jo, I want to ask you this question. What makes you angry? Wow. Um, I used to be a little temperamental and <laughs> to the point where people would back up when I came in the room. So I've decided what would really – hypocrisy, I think, is one thing that bothers me. Mm. Pe- yeah, people talk a gig and then it has nothing to do. However, I have learned over the years that a closed mouth gathers no foot and I have no regrets. <laughs> I've, it's taken me many, many years – and I can't say I truly have embraced that quite yet because 
I talk a lot. But that said, you're absolutely right. What's the other version of it? Uh, you know, uh, better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. You can never argue with somebody who has a staunch position. Mm-hmm. If Why argue with somebody when there's no win? Agreed completely. All right. Good opening. Well done. Top notch. We're going to take a quick break and then come back and talk a little bit about sustainable building and construction in the Twin Cities. Ladies and gentlemen, you are watching Drink in the Style. Well, if you're on Facebook, otherwise you're listening to it. We'll be right back. Come fly with me. Let's fly, let's fly away If you can use some exotic booze There's a bar in far Bombay Come fly with me Let's fly, let's fly away. I hate interrupting Frank Sinatra and I love that song. Mm-hmm. You remember there used to be a show called uh, Sounds of Sinatra that was syndicated, Brett? Really? Yeah, it was it called was Sounds of Sinatra. Okay. Sounds. There are a few different all Sinatra shows, and they're they're long gone. But you know, for the love of Jiminy Cricket, as they say, it needs to come back. Frank Sinatra is still amazingly good. And you know what? Every kid that I introduced to Frank Sinatra, actually, generally, not everyone, but most of them, actually like it. We used to have a tradition where I would take my daughter and one of her friends out on the last day of school on the boat, and I would always play Sinatra. And at one point. They started asking for it. They thought it was the 1960s rerun. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know, I know, Oh, God. Well, anyway, we are joined by Mary Jo Quay from EXP Realty. And we're going to talk a little bit about construction. But you know what? You're such an interesting person. Before we jump into construction, let's talk a little bit about you, Mary Jo. Because okay. you have a fascinating backstory. You lived in South America with your I husband did. for a while. Yes, almost nine years. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Um, it was certainly not what I was expecting. I lived in New York for a very long time, mm-hmm. and I decided I have to leave New York. Why? Because there was a book out called Slave to New York. New mm. Yorkers always talk about leaving, and they never leave. Mm-hmm. And True. I went, I can leave. So I had friends in Paris, and then I met this amazing man at a party, and um, he said, well, let's get married. And I was going, what? Um, but... Like at the party, he said, let's get married? Well, no, it took a couple of weeks. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> that is one hell of a pickup line. That is either going to win big time or... Well, you know, yeah, it was pretty shocking, but it happened very quickly. Um, so the next year I moved down there and we did get married. But it was, you, you know, New Yorkers think if you can live in New York, you can live anywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is so untrue. It is. Because um, New Yorkers are entitled. It's a, it's a very specific mentality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they were black. I mean, you have 18 shades of black. So I had a black wardrobe. And, mm-hmm. and all I always say would say is, who died? Who died? <laughs> Why do you ask? Yeah, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're in warm climates, tropical climates, everyone wears color. And they wear a lot less clothes because it's hot. Mm-hmm. Um, what was very interesting is to me the, the culture was very complicated because it was 97% indigenous Indian mm-hmm. and 3% white, and the white controlled everything. Mm-hmm. And they would talk about that the Indians were resentful. Well, yes, because they came out of slavery, and the only response you have under slavery is yes, whatever mm-hmm. you want. But it was also really old-fashioned. They said it's a machista country, and I went, you're joking, right? 
<laughs> it is completely. It was think. at that point. Um, and it, things that didn't make sense to me. It took me years to understand them. And then finally, my husband told me that because the Moors inhabited Spain for 800 years, mm-hmm. there is that underlying Islamic mentality. Mm-hmm. Makes really sense. Ancient. Mm-hmm. Ancient. For instance, there are walls around all the houses in, in Lima. And really? It's a protection. Right. Everybody. The individual houses? Yes. Or is it like a, like a gated community? No. Each house has Every its own house. wall. They have eight feet walls around everything, and it's for protection. Talk about your home as your castle. Yes, it, moats, definitely. And we're talking we're talking <laughs> modest homes. They're just they right. have if they don't have walls, they have gates to huh. protect the homes. Isn't that a shame? Yeah, because Honestly. it wasn't always that way. Nobody ever goes anywhere by themselves. Mm-hmm. So I go to market, and my husband would say, "Who's going with you?" And I said, "I'm going to market. I'm going to buy eggs. Well, take them aid or take this or don't." And he was yourself. from Peru. Oh originally? yes, he's okay. Peruvian. Okay. Uh, he was tall. Fair-skinned and also he was he was white. So he was an aristocrat, wasn't he? In his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Your ex-husband. <laughs> um, but the, the interesting thing was that nothing is quite what it seems. You have this top layer of what you watch is going on, but everything is going on under the table. And as a New Yorker, I totally understood that. Fair. <clears throat> you know, so when they say politicians and everything, everything has a subculture to it. So it took me a while to pick up on that. But... When when I finally picked up on it, my my father-in-law said, "As vuelto más criolla que nosotros." You've turned more creole than we are. Really? Yes. You just took to it. It's no, it's a game you have to play. Mm-hmm. Different cultures have different games to play, this is true. or different different roles to get where they want. So that was very interesting to me. Um, this the Spanish history there. We were talking about architecture. One time we pulled up. We were pulling up to what looked like a castle. Mm-hmm. And I went, "Wow!" We got close, and it was all trompe-l'oeil. Oh, what? Trompe-l'oeil. It was. What is it was. It was um, painted uh, on the exterior to look like a castle. Really? Yes. So the architecture of it, they were made with straw bales. Mm-hmm. So compacted straw were the walls. The house. The house was made of straw bales and yes, painted to look like a castle. On the exterior to make it look like a stone castle. So at a distance, it's very impressive. And of course, the the old architecture, the Spanish architecture is built in the square. The house is built in the square with the middle is open mm-hmm. for dinners and the garden and, and that kind of thing. Ancient so it, Latin, Roman, yes, Mediterranean style. very much. Mm-hmm. And it was very, very interesting to me because the kitchen is one place. The dining room was either in the open area or a separate room. And the bedrooms were you know designated off in different areas. Mm-hmm. And even some of the more modern Modern homes had a glassed area in the middle of the house where you had trees or greenery, mm-hmm. so, but the climate allowed for that, so it, it was it of was course. interesting. Um, the churches, wow, holy, magnificent, you know, lined with silver and jewelry, but mostly goes. built on old Inca architecture. Real the churches are Inca rebuilt architecture. Are you saying on the foundation of Inca architecture? They rebuilt and a European style church. European style church, right? But on the on the foundations, right. of that which we had absorbed is maybe one way of putting it. Um, yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. They they can you know the church was very aggressive in converting mm-hmm. people to Christianity. But then what happens in, in all cultures when they do that, they still have a hold on their own older culture and practice rituals kind of around 
the church. Well, it's always been the case. Christianity has been fabulous at absorbing the, I mean, you know, Christmas, of course, as we all know, is... Mm -hmm. The birthday of the sun of, you know, of the uh, – and uh, the solstice, of course. But, you know, we, right. they, they've been very – it's part of why Christianity has been as successful as it is. It doesn't try to replace. It tries to assimilate. Yes. Um, another thing I found really interesting, we went to Arequipa and there was an old convent. It was 450 years old. Mm -hmm. And the walls are basically 10 feet thick. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the water fountains are in, in the, the middle – what, what I found fascinating is when the, the nuns lived there, the, each of them had a little cell. But when you consider a cell, it was basically a bedroom with a kitchen and a place for livestock. Really? And the nuns there, of course, you know, we, we assume that the religious, you know, priests and nuns are poor mm -hmm. and that they join the convent and they live a life of poverty. Not so there. These were princesses and, well, each family had to have someone that went into religious life. So they gave a dowry to the church to accept their child. Really? Yes. You would give a dowry to become a and they nun? Were, they were maintained by the family, and they had livestock on the premises. In you know, their cell wasn't just one room. Mm -hmm. They all had a servant and livestock and a kitchen. Really? That I would never in a million years. I mean, the first well, think about it. I was that. there, and that you, I'd go. I smell cow. <laughs> <laughs> and there were there were only a couple of nuns there, but when it was full, ou de bovine. Well, yes, yes, chickens, cows, pigs, whatever, because it was, this was their their food that. They made themselves. And they would run. See, that's interesting. I mean, that is absolutely fascinating. I wish. Oh, God, we got to take a quick break. But when we come back, I promise we will be talking about sustainability and house construction. And I want to know. Ten feet tall, ten feet thick walls are sustainable. Uh, hard to believe, but absolutely true. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, we'll be back in just a moment. When the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie, that's amore. When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's amore. Ladies and gentlemen, perhaps the most um, stereotypical Italian song ever written. But God, it's still a good song because that gives Dean Martin a chance to really... Caress the words, doesn't it? Absolutely. I love Dean Martin. Yeah, me too. I have to admit, Sinatra's a better singer, but if I had a choice, I would come back as Dean Martin. Speaking of which, I'm really enjoying the wine. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Drink in the Style. As we speak, this may be Saturday night, maybe 7 o'clock, give or take. It might be Sunday night around 5, because that's when we air. And of course, we are always a podcast, and you can go back and dig into some of our previous shows, as well as uh, putting us on your, uh, on your feed for future shows. And if you are, by the way, and you have any feelings of kindness, go online uh, to iTunes and give us a five-star review, because that is indeed how the show grows and uh, becomes more popular. Sound right, Mary Jo? Absolutely. Wonderful. All right. We're going to talk about sustainability, but before we do, I'm going to do a little plug here. Ladies and gentlemen, or should I say, Naziat Iaharat, which is Finnish for ladies and gentlemen, have you heard about Pustali Scandinavian kitchens? 
The Finland-based Pustali is the ecological kitchen cabinetry of choice throughout Europe, and now their amazing European kitchen cabinetry line is available in the United States. Their unmatched quality and workmanship is reflected in their mission to provide customers with access to authentic, unique, and eco-friendly Scandinavian home and kitchen design. Offering comprehensive kitchen cabinetry services that includes kitchen design and cabinetry, countertops, hardware, and of course installation. Pustali is fast becoming the premier kitchen design firm anywhere in the United States. And here in Minnesota, if you have a chance to experience the remarkable, beautiful kitchen design and products, you can visit their showroom at the District Edina. Using state-of-the-art technology together with European craftsmanship, Pustali is really the only place you need to visit if you're looking for that fabulous, sophisticated Scandinavian look and feel. So stop by the District at Dina and check out Pustali's beautiful showroom, located on the main floor of the District at Dina. Open weekdays and through appointment, visit them online at PustaliUSA.com. That's P-U-U-S-T-E-L-L-I-U-S-A.com. You won't be disappointed. Nice, right? It's a beautiful showroom. I stop by and I talk to them. And there is only other one other showroom that I've seen that's anything like that. But it's it's a nice, warm kitchen mm-hmm. while being very modern. Yes. So often we were in the black and white. And it was a harsh feeling. But this is warm. You get, you know, your black tones. You get the wood tones. Wood is coming back. It's, uh, I want, I want, I want. I, well, well summed up. It's true. I mean, it's not the European stuff that people sometimes think of, which tends to be kind of more of the Italian look. Right. The Italians like high gloss and things like that, which has its place. Although in truth, in kitchens, high gloss is usually a bad idea. Um, Pustali is much, I, I don't know if you can call it a softer Scandinavian look, but I mean, the woods they use are just amazing. I mean, there's so much depth and texture to it, and yet it's still so much. You know, we were we were really big into minimalism before COVID hit, and there were harsh lines. And you know, there's nothing ever out; it's always very, very bare. But then, when COVID came in, people wanted more comfort. So mm-hmm. you know, the blankets and the cozy clothes and all of that. So we kind Higa of or yeah, Huga, right? Oh, there you go. We kind of lost that line. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, Pustali has a combination of that where you get that minimalist look. But it doesn't feel cold. Yes. It feels warm and inviting. You're right. You're absolutely right. And, you know, if you go into their showroom, I mean, they've got a lot of greenery as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got that. It, it's, it's, it's truly spectacular. And especially for us here in Minnesota, where we are predisposed towards a Scandinavian type of a look because of so many Scandinavians. Right. And those of us who know, know that you should not shop at Ikea. I am so sorry. No, Pustali is the anti-IKEA. It is sustainable. Is, it, it is forever and recyclable. Absolutely true. Which lends us beautifully to a segue into sustainability. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. Yes. So Mary Jo, I've heard you mention that Warren Buffett is a big fan of modular home creation. Warren Buffett asked the question, why are we still building like the 1800s? Mm-hmm. So what he means by that is stick-built. Stick-built mm-hmm. is use wood framing. You do it one by one on site. You cut your wood. Um, typically, builders will order maybe 20% more wood than they actually need because they never know for variance what mm-hmm. might be needed. So it winds up being containers full 
of waste. So Warren says, what would happen if we built cars that way? Mm-hmm. It's absurd. Right. Uh, we, we prefab, but yet we have an assumption that any kind of modular creation is basically associated with a trailer home. And it makes mm-hmm. no sense because, honestly, in a factory, you can replicate something so much more effectively. And yet you can still customize. The customization comes in the finishing and the details and how you lay these things together. Absolutely. I had the opportunity to go out to Wisconsin Homes, which was one of the premier builders in four modular homes. Mm-hmm. And it was so interesting to me. I mean, they're using a stick frame basis right now. And the insulation is incredible, but they do everything under a roof mm-hmm. in factory. Mm-hmm. So it can be zero degrees and snowing outside, and they're still putting roofs on. Mm-hmm. And they have cabinetry, so they are delivered with the kitchens already installed. And, yes, they do have a whole palette of kitchens that you can choose from. Mm-hmm. So how it happens is they, they build this module, and it can be up to 60 feet long. and But they are built on site, delivered and then coupled together. Mm-hmm. So, but it can be anything from one module, which would be like 500 square feet, up to 12 modules. Mm. So, and it's also being, um, right here in Minnesota, we have a company called Rise, who are building uh, apartment buildings mm-hmm. using that. So it's, you know, it's a replica. They Entire buildings design. built out of a modular system. Yes, yes. It's, it's been amazing. happening for, I think they've been around for about five years already here in Minnesota to do that. You know, it's fascinating. I mean, Americans, we love mass production, everything. We love factories. We love, you know, creating things like that everywhere except in home building. And it's one of, I mean, a lot of places manufacturing like that is beneficial, but for some reason, we just can't seem to break away from it. There was a period at which a modular home, you would have difficulty getting bank financing for a modular home because they were considered mobile and therefore, they went into a much higher interest rate, and very few banks wanted to necessarily They're basically do that. considered a car loan. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. But that's no longer the case. I've spoken to a couple of different people about this. The construction is no longer a definitive factor in whether or not a bank is going to underwrite. Therefore, that, that hurdle is removed. Now what we need to do is get people to understand that these types of, of production facilities are worthwhile. And to some extent, it's the only way that you can get down to, to something like, and this is a term I've heard a lot that you can expand on, volumetric modular net zero. Yes. Well, first of all, um, net zero, uh, people hear net zero. But I can't tell you the number of realtors who showed I had a volumetric modular for sale. They were showing it, and I said, do you know what net zero is? And they go, mm, No. Yes, yes, yes. I can't quite put my finger on it. Uh, Right. So net zero. What is net zero? It really means that it is not using excessive energy. It doesn't leave a carbon footprint. It is not completely net zero until you have solar on there, which is providing most of your electricity. But it is net zero ready. So what is the big differentiation? There are a lot of ways to get to net zero. One is with modular, one is with SIPs, one's with ICFs, and one are double walls. So when we back up, the modular homes will be made with SIPs, which are structurally insulated panels. Mm-hmm. Right now, most of them are made with like a compressed wood, two, two slabs of compressed wood with maybe eight inches of foam in between. Mm-hmm. So it's tight and it's impenetrable. Mm-hmm. And then the roof. I mean, would it make a difference on your house if you had 10 inches of insulation on the roof? Right. 
It's absurd. I mean, just think about it. All the heat that's going out is just an absurd loss. So I mean, even in Mm -hmm. Minnesota, where you know we have to deal with forty below zero and uh, and eighty five, ninety degrees in the summer, ninety extreme temperature filled Mm -hmm. degrees. Right. Having that level of insulation works. I mean, why don't I wonder? I mean, do you do you have a theory? Why don't builders? I mean, even if you can't have modular design. You could still have a custom-built stick home that has that level of of, of insulation, yes. but they never do. A few do. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the opportunity. I, I found. How did I find him? I, I don't remember. But there is um, an architect, Bill McClay, mm-hmm. and he wrote the book "The New Net Zero" in 2014. Mm-hmm. He built a compound, a net zero compound, in 1970, where okay. he raised his family and you know with his friends. But what he does is he builds a double wall. Mm-hmm. So basically you have an inside wall, an outside wall, and you fill that cavity with insulation. Makes all the and, sense in the world. Right. So I was lucky enough to have like an hour-long conversation with him on what he does, why he does it. And he's an architect. Mm-hmm. So And in the Northeast. Here's the thing. People in Minnesota say, well, it's cold here. I mean, it's not California where it's 86 and sunny. And, you know, so, How can you, you know, it gets this? cold it here. Apply. Right. We're 40 below. It doesn't work here. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is Canada and the northeast part of this country are way ahead of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Minnesota doesn't even appear on the net zero rankings across the country. They're just it's, – it's invisible. And I thought that's not right. I mean if Canada um, – I had an interview with a company called uh, Logix and they build ICFs, which are insulated concrete forms. Mm-hmm. So we have two slabs – of foam, and then they pour. Con- you, you set it out. You, meaning people who know what they're doing, set it out into the foundation. Up, stack up a foundation, put in uh, rebar, and then pour concrete into the cavity where it cures. Mm-hmm. You know, you can pour concrete up to twenty below, and it cures in place. I did not know that. Seriously, <laughs> it's just I, it does. Does it freeze? Is it no? Out it of the, cures uh, the in place. It was fine. So you could build. So you could build through the entire winter. Yes. Without, I mean, and and again, that's not the type of going out there with all the nails. And you've got the the, the you know. No, you don't have workmen out there with bare hands. No. It would no. increase the the housing productivity. At least thirty percent, because there are three months when think about think about that. You have six inches of concrete, like concrete block, except it's poured concrete, so it has an amalgam in it. Mm -hmm. It's not like the old concrete, where a contractor told me there are two kinds of concrete: concrete that'll crack and concrete that is cracked. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This is another kind of. This is concrete, but it has amalgam in it, so it has some tensile strength. But it is insulated both on the outside. And on the inside. So it's entirely sealed against water penetration and even earth movement on there. So, you know, in Minnesota, the earth always is moving a little bit. Everywhere. You know, rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everywhere. Not extremely, but a little bit. Mm-hmm. So ICFs is one option. And those houses, will, you know, they're Fort Knox. They're just really sturdy. And they use it a lot in commercial. Uh, the SIPs panels are changing also. I will be working with a company called Hopewell 360. And they're developing a new kind of structurally insulated panel, which is made almost with a a ceramic. What's so interesting to me about all of this is that it is so sustainable. Mm -hmm. Not only is it 
is it sturdy as it is? Now you think about the modules, they, you have to deliver them, so they have to be built stronger, tighter than a stick-built house. But they also steel band it, put it on a truck, put it on a crane, float it through the air, and put it onto a foundation. It's gotta be pretty sturdy. Mm-hmm. It can withstand up to 180 mile an hour winds, which is, you know, what is it? The highest hurricane is about 140. It is anti-seismic and it is protected against rain. And I think fire retardant they're working on, this has like a four hour fire resistant. Really? So the materials themselves are so much more sustainable. They talk about net zero saving energy, but what they do is they save housing inventory. So mm-hmm. if you have a fire close by, you don't don't have that problem. The other thing is when you're in any of these buildings with any, whether it's a double wall ICEFs or sustainable, it's like a sound studio because you have these super thick walls. So Which, you can if people could only experience it, right? I mean that level. I mean that's what we want is we want an insular home where we feel safe, where we feel secure, and having that. It's like when you go to Europe. Their walls are plaster and stone, and you just have They're a thick. different feel. Absolutely. I had um, you know, a buyer come in. Well, you know, public came into the house that, that I was holding open, and he said, you know, online this doesn't look like a big deal, but when you're standing here, you feel it. Mm-hmm. This is a really big deal. Yeah, yeah. The house. energy that you're getting off of those walls and that feeling is very, very different. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. There was a time when America just adopted whatever seemed like the best route. The and that's cheapest. what made us great. And now we are simply entrenched in our current system. All right, we're going to take another quick break. Uh, and we are indeed going to pour the wine. We're going to come back with our last segment uh, right after this break. So, uh, folks, I'm having a shot of tequila to keep myself warmed up. You should probably do the same, and I'll see you back here. Satchmo Armstrong, fabulous cabaret, a great, a great song, guys. If you can't, I need to start Johnson. I'm going to start doing this, and we'll start publicizing it. I'm going to create like a Spotify playlist for Drink in the Style, where we are putting the albums that we're featuring. Per yeah, week. we should start with a. We already have a playlist you set up a number of years ago. I think when you first started the show, there's a lot of good stuff on there that we could. Yeah, Did I really do a playlist? Yeah. This is the hazard of drinking on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, idea. you did write it down. At one point, I wrote it down. No, at one point, it. you put together like 30, 35 songs. There's some good stuff on here, so we should we should really? do that. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'll tell you exactly what happened there. That I used to, back at the beginning of the show, I would, I would mine my personal music collection for the intro and outro takes on everything. And then suddenly... I lost all that music. It could not be transferred like to a new iPhone or something like that. So then I started doing the Sinatra stuff, et cetera, although there was a lot of Sinatra at the time. But yeah, I have to go back to that. You're right. Drink in the Style 2022 playlist. Yeah. And by the way, you know, we're going to be releasing the new Drink in the or re-releasing the Drink in the Style cocktail compendium, uh, which is going to be coming out uh, in the next few weeks. And it's called the uh, 2022 cocktail compendium Reloaded. Oh, I like it. Yeah. 
Isn't that a great? Isn't that a great? That was John yeah. Gerber who came up with yeah, that. I, I take it tonight's drink though is not going to make the list. <laughs> wine. It's just going to be one page. Wine. That's <laughs> wine. How about the airplane? Uh, the airplane. Very the airplane. well. I am yeah. looking forward to trying that next week. I really, really am. Um, okay. So Mary Jo, uh, yeah. we've been talking about con- uh, uh, construction sustainability. Yes. Um, if people are interested in building a house using some of the techniques that we've talked about, mm-hmm. you can help facilitate that, correct? Absolutely. I've been studying this. Every day's a learning curve. Mm-hmm. I have my little box of what I know, and I have a warehouse of what I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> there, perfect, yeah. There's a lot to learn. There are a few builders who are building sustainable homes. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see some of the big companies who say they're green, that's called greenwashing. It's not mm-hmm. quite so green. Mm-hmm. And there are different ways to tell, but there are some that are very, very committed to it and that are building good homes. And this is will be growing. Right now, the builders are faced with a whole bunch of problems. They're, number one, as we talked about, wood went up 255%. Labor short. The appliances take six months to get a new refrigerator. Land is scarce, you know, so they keep building further and further out. Um, you know, some areas like Hugo, there are four developments in Hugo right now. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? Who knew? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, but they are. They're facing all of these problems and rising costs. Mm-hmm. How does sustainable help that? Number one, if you have things that you are a factory where you can manufacture your your SIPS panel or your modules inside thir- 365 days a year, regardless of the weather, you don't have those long delays like between. October and March. Mm-hmm. So you can build all winter. The other thing that, that that nobody's talked, well, we are talking about it, is cost. Mm-hmm. So a couple of years ago, modular or sustainable was about the same price, maybe a 12% bump. Mm-hmm. But as the factories get going and are able to produce more efficiently, those prices will go down and they will be less costly than stick built. The other thing is I watched a duplex being built in one day. Are you kidding? They built – the four modulars were pre-built in the factory. Mm-hmm. The foundation was poured. So – and it was nine degrees outdoors. They craned in four modules, set them on the foundation in one day. Now, these are brought in and they're pre-wired because there are channels through the foam where you can pre-wire and you can pre-plumb. So when it gets on site, you hook it up. Mm-hmm. And But the, the basic building – happened in one day. And yes, they had a crew. The crew has been trained, but as the crew gets more accustomed to this, you know, like the first build is always a little more experimental. Unquestionably. So, as and as I mentioned, I talked to the manager, uh, Stinson Builders, which is, is a well-known builder. They built SIPS mm-hmm. homes. The great project ho- manager company. built his own help, built his own house on Medicine Lake with the help of a colleague and an 80-year-old neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yes, they put it up. I think in about ten days. Was the eighty-year-old neighbor basically just bringing over Ham's beer? I don't know <laughs> Ham sandwich. I don't know, but it, the sips panels come. There, it's like a puzzle that you put together, and you you know you it's join. Legos. join the, it, it, it is like Legos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but you can personalize it. When I went to Wisconsin Homes, everybody thinks module. Oh God, I'm living in a trailer. They have a book of like 200 designs, right. and you can use them. And inside, you wouldn't know that it's a modular, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. except that they have no furnace. They had a space heater, heated the whole house You're kidding. in the dead of winter. And I went, it's 70 degrees in here. 
How, this, because the walls are so thick, the insulation is thick. Once it's warm, it holds that heat. The other thing is what about the what about air circulation? I mean, it oh, reminds it, me of. I mean, yes. remember we had that problem in the '90s. We had started to make houses so airtight that we were having difficulty yes. with air quality. Well, all houses are built tight now. Um, mm-hmm. Houses built post 2006 are 40 percent tighter and more efficient than anything built mm-hmm. pre 2006. So it's by law that you have to have air exchangers in there because okay. otherwise. You get stagnant air. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is the the kind of heating we have. Right now, gas heating eventually will be phased out for heat pumps. Mm -hmm. And everybody raises their their hand saying, oh, my God, heat pumps, you know, they don't work at X degrees. But the thing is, heat pumps are getting much more efficient. Now they work 80% efficiency up to 20. And then if it gets really cold, you have backup. I talked to uh, an, uh, an architect who built himself a passive home. He has nothing but heat pumps, huge windows on the south side so they attract heat. He said he barely used his heating system at all during the winter. That's amazing. I know. Absolutely amazing. So you think, why doesn't everybody build this way? Right. It is the question. Right. Because people have so much invested. You know, I I ran a company for a while, and the word change was a mortal sin. Everyone went, <gasps> so I could use Shift, I could use Evolve, I could use whatever else. Adapt, pivot, whatever. Yes, uh-huh. right, because they would no, no, no change, because people are afraid of change, and yeah. they think we can't do it here. They're doing it in Canada. They're doing it in New England. The mm-hmm. gas company in Vermont is selling electric water heaters, electric on-demand water heaters. So I mean, do you think they don't know this that we're going forward with with energy efficiency? See, resisting change, the only thing that re- change is inevitable. The only thing that resisting change can accomplish is ensure that you are passed by others. We need to learn how to adapt again. We need to change. I mean, it's like cars. I mean, the gas, the internal combustion engine, I despise the internal combustion engine. And everyone would argue time and again that electric is too expensive. Electric is too hard to recharge. Electric is this. No, it's coming. It's inevitable. The fact that we're fighting against it just forestalls the inevitable and ensures that we're going to be falling behind. I love the people who say, I'll never buy electric. And I go, well, you better get really good at walking. Yeah, it's a great It's absolutely true. Even car makers of gas are saying, now we can retrofit your existing car into electric. You know, I'm interested in that because it's occurred to me many times, like, I would love to have a vintage car. I mean, my God, Mm -hmm. think about some of these beautiful designs with the the curves. But I do Mm -hmm. not want the trouble of a mechanical car like that. Individual engines on each of the four tires connected through, you know, a (laughs) fundamental axle is not hard to achieve. Absolutely. Um, they are working on it. I was, I was amazed. Volkswagen is saying now they want to take over Tesla's role here. Mm-hmm. But why aren't we doing the same for homes? It's true. It's um, true. New homes will be all electric and it will be efficient and sustainable and we'll all have a good time. Quick, throw us your email address. Um, Mary Jo, M-A-R-Y-J-O dot Q-U-A-Y at E-X-P Realty dot com. And I will. I am rebuilding my YouTube channel devoted exclusively to new construction and energy efficiency. Beautiful. There it is, folks. If you have interest, please reach out to Mary Jo. She can help you out tremendously on that. Thank you. All right. There it is, my friends. We have drunk our way through another episode. On behalf of Habitation, Furnishing, and Design in the District and Mary Jo, I'd like to wish everybody good luck this coming week. And I'll finish by paraphrasing Socrates. The more I learn... 
the more I learn how little I know. Good night, everybody. <laughs> See the way she walks. Hey, brother, pour the wine. 